This is Andy Thomas from the Masculine Journey podcast, where we discover what it means to be a wholehearted man. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. To the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. So yes, today on the Christian Car Guy Show, we're going to nip it in the bud. Specifically, how does God repent? How does He nip it in the bud? <laughs> Did you ever wonder about that? Because there's several places in the Bible where God mentions that he repented. And we're going to talk about that. But interestingly, the word comfort and repent in Hebrew are synonymous. So well, that's going to be really a fun discussion. And in that, today's show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Nun, like they do on Sesame Street. And as always, by the Truth Network. But we have so much for you today. We're going to have General Motors and Ford. One segment we got General Motors, one segment we got Ford. We're going to have that and some people from the CLI Prison Alliance. What a lineup. And to begin with, we finally got episode 12 of Christian Car Guy Theater, a Plymouth's progress. So sit back and enjoy. And now, time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, Chapter 12. The Plymouth Progress is purposefully and completely based on John Bunyan's classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. Today's episode 12 is at ChristianCarGuy.com, both as a podcast with episodes 1 through 11 so you can easily catch up with the series, but also so you can follow along with the original book for today's episode, and most importantly, the scriptural references that go along with today's episode. And those help greatly in the interpretation of the Plymouth progress. That's all at ChristianCarGuy.com. Then Jimmy saw in his dream that Plymouth Valiant drove on thus, even until he came to the bottom where he saw a little out of the way three sedans fast asleep with police boots on their wheels. The name of the one was Suzuki Simple, of another Saab Sloth, and the third was Peugeot Presumption. Valiant, then seeing them lie in this case, went to them if perhaps he might awaken them and cried. Well, you are like them that sleep on top of a mast, for the deep sea is under you, a gulf that hath no bottom. Awake, therefore, and come away. Be willing also, and I will help you off with your wheel boots. If he that driveth about like a roaring lion comes by, you will certainly become a prey to his teeth. Suzuki Simple said, oh, I see no danger. Sob Sloth said, I just need a little more <sighs> sleep. And Peugeot Presumption said, 
every car needs to choose its own road. You need to mind your own business and not meddle in ours. And so they lay down to sleep again, and Valiant drove on his way. Yet was Valiant troubled to think that the sedans in that danger should so little care for the kindness of him that so offered to help them, both by awakening of them and offering to help them off with their police boots. And as he was troubled thereabout, he spied two sedans come tumbling over the embankment on the left hand of the narrow road, and they caught up to Valiant. The name of the one was Frazier for before Formalist, and the name of the other was Hupmobile Hypocrisy. So, as I said, they drew up to him, who thus began talking with them. Gentlemen, whence came you, and whither go you? We? We were born in the land of vain glory, and are going to Mount Zion, where we expect to receive both praise and honor. Well, I don't understand. Why came you not in at the turnpike, which standeth at the beginning of the way? Know ye not that it is written, He that cometh not in by the door, but driveth by some other way, the same as a thief and a robber? They said that to go to the turnpike for entrance was, according to all their countrymen in vain glory, too inconvenient and roundabout, and that therefore their usual way, and a much faster drive, was to make a shortcut of it, and to climb over the embankment as they had done. But will it not be counted a trespass against the lord of the city, whither we are bound, thus to disobey his will? Sir, you needeth not trouble your head about this, for what we did has been the custom of our fellow cause in the land of vain glory, and we can show testimony and prove, if need be, that it has been thus for more than a thousand years. Huh, I see. Yes, a thousand years. Will your custom stand up in a court of law? Once again, sir, this custom of entering the way by taking a shortcut has been going on as a long-standing practice for more than a thousand years and would doubtless now be admitted as a thing according to law by a fair judge. And besides, as long as we get into the way, what does it matter how we get in? If we are in, we are in. Thou camest in through the narrow gate, but we are also in the way that came tumbling over the embankment. Since we are both in, who is to say whether your chosen road is better than ours? I do believe it is better. I drive by the rule of my master. You drive by the rude working of your fancies. You are counted thieves already by the lord of the way. Therefore, I doubt you will not be found true sedans at the end of the way. You come in by yourselves without his word and shall go out by yourselves without his mercy. Look to yourself, you, you goody four tires. As to law and rules, we doubt not, but that we should as carefully do them as you. Therefore, we see not wherein thou art different from us, but we do see that the coat of paint, which is on thy top, <laughs> may very well, we believe, have been given to thee by some of thy neighbors, tied 
the shame <laughs> of thy nakedness. <laughs> Listen, by laws and rules you will not be saved, since you came not in by the door. And as for this coat of paint that is on my top, it was given to me by the lord of the place whither I go. And that, as you say, was indeed to cover my nakedness, and I take it as a token of his kindness to me. I had nothing but rust before, and besides, thus I comfort myself as I go. Surely think I, when I come to the gate of the city, the Lord therefore will know me for good, since I have his coat of paint on my top, a coat that he gave me freely in the day that he stripped me of my rust. I have, moreover, a mark on my windshield, of which perhaps you have taken no notice, which one of my Lord's most intimate friends fixed there the day that my burden fell off my rack. I will tell you, moreover, that I was also given a scroll to comfort me by reading as I drive in the way. I was also instructed to give it in at the heavenly gate as an assurance that I will be welcomed into the celestial city. But I doubt that you have any interest in all these things, since you did not come in at the turnpike. To these things, Fraser and Hupmobile gave Valiant no answer. Only they looked upon each other and laughed. Then I saw that they went and continued on their way, save that Valiant kept before them. And Valiant had no more talk but with himself, and sometimes sighingly, and sometimes comfortably. Also, he would often be reading in the scroll that the Shining Ones gave him, by which he was refreshed. Tune in soon for more adventures in the Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, it sounds like Valiant found himself in a boot camp for the sleepy. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. <laughs> boot camp. You know, Daddy, that, that boot that they had on their tires, you know, that's called the Denver boot. <laughs> I grew up there, and I had a boot on my car all the time. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. And, and you know, when I would get a Denver boot put on my car, that's when <laughs> I wish I, I had the boot scoot boogie. <laughs> See what I did? It's a country song. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Daddy. <laughs> Speaking of another country song, Badly Crooks That Took No Offense. Oh, it's boy. It sounds like a country song. All we, all we need is to add a pickup truck and a broken heart in there somewhere in the lyrics, and we got a hit. Say goodbye, Daddy! <laughs> See you later, Radiator! So we have so much Christian Car Guys show coming up for you again. We got Ford coming up in the next segment. We got Christian Prison Alliance, and they're, what they're doing is just more than amazing. And then we've got General Motors all lined up for you today on this show where we're talking about how does God repent? I mean, how exactly does that work? And the very cool way that through repentance is comfort. This is the Truth Network.
episode a day on the Christian Car Guys show. How does God repent? How exactly does that work? You might remember that that God was, you know, kind of ticked <laughs> with with mankind in general, and it says He repented that He made man to Noah in in, in Genesis chapter six. You can check that out. So, this interesting thing, very interesting in my book that the word comfort and the word repent actually are completely synonymous, and we're going to get into all that a little bit later in the Christian Car Guys show. But speaking of, like, comfort slash competition, we have, like, Ted Ryan on today with Ford Motor Company, and they have this, like, competition that, that I'm hoping a lot of people will get comfort from because I know you've been wondering, Jerry, for a long time. Like if you had an all-out r- race of some kind between a Model T and an Escort, right? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you wonder what might happen in that situation? Well, we have Ted Ryan with us. He's a historian with Ford It must Ford not Motor. be what I think would happen. I love what these guys are doing. So tell us, Ted, what does this mean? What is Ford versus Ford? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Ford versus Ford was a way to have a little bit of fun. We've all had a kind of a rough and tumble year the last year. And with the basketball tournament coming up, uh, there was a, we saw an opportunity to, to let people compare the different Fords over the, the life uh, of our 117 year old company and vote on which favorites should move forward. So this isn't this is a race for for um, which who which is your favorite? Correct, and this will be going on over the last couple of weeks. The first round actually ended uh, yesterday, uh, and the second round will be starting uh, later today. Later, I'll give you guys the website to to send everybody to, so you can go and you can see the, the different boards. So, uh, in essence, what we did is our our crack communications team of about eight. Uh, comms people from Ford put together a list of 100 cars, 100 Fords over time. And then we voted on them. And the ones that got the most votes got the highest seeds and the ones that got the, the fewest votes, the lowest seeds. But we set it up in a bracket style, uh, just like the NCAA. And we and we made it open to the public to vote on Twitter. And so it's been a, so much fun. And, you know, some of the brackets are hilarious. So the the 1970 Mustang Boss, famous U.S. car, was up against the 1984 RS200, which most Americans don't know, but in Europe, they are passionate about that car. Uh, one just sold recently for $235,000. Well, unfortunately for the RS200, it got taken out by the Boss. Uh, so it's, it's comparisons <laughs> like that that people can go vote on. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. Uh, yeah, I... I I, I'm going to guess that in the first round, the Model T wiped out the Escort, didn't it? The Model T wiped out the Escort, but can we have a moment of silence for the 1956 Lincoln Continental Mark II? One of the classic cars of all time was taken out by the 1955 Ford Fairlane. Well, you know, uh-huh. And I think there's a message in there, too. I mean, we only made <laughs> 7,000 or so of the Continentals, but the Fairlane was every man's car. You remember your grandmother having a Fairlane. You remember... You know, it was it was the car of of the everyman. So the the everyman uh, took out the uh, the super sleek and fancy uh, uh, Mark II. So you put these in brackets, you know, and, and I know this is a Christian Car Guy show, but I can't help but wonder: <laughs> Did you guys bet on this? <laughs> no, actually, we 
didn't. And I was, I, you know, I sent out a note to the eight folks that helped uh, get it all, all going, and uh, uh, said, "Hey, let's let's put points on it." Nobody would take me up on it. So, oh uh, well, yeah. I, I have a I have a friendly wager that doesn't involve money and involves who gets to, to drive Dad's Model A when I'm back oh. down in Florida next time with my father. Oh. Uh, and it's funny too. My my wife picked. Picked the brackets based uh, on the cars, so uh, or the stories around them. So she took the 1959 Ford Prefect over the 2005 Mustang because she just loved the name Ford Prefect. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm understanding this concept, which I really think is brilliant and really fun too, Jerry, yeah. when you think about it, is now we've got round two going on. So we got the winners are paired up, you know, based on you know the bracket that they they took out, right? And so they now, are, now the Model T is up against somebody new. The Model T is up against the Galaxy, uh, 1966 Galaxy 500, oh, which was Jay Leno's pick. Yeah. Jay Leno was one of our guest uh, contributors, and he picked that one. So, And I've got the website. It's, it's FordAutoshows.com, FordAutoshows.com forward slash Ford Frenzy. Or if you just put the, the word Ford Frenzy in your Google machine, it will, it'll take you to the brackets. So and now so we the can, first Ford Frenzies. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So yeah. Ford Auto well, Show I mean, and then I'm, Ford Frenzies. Yeah, Ford Auto Shows, uh, FordAutoShows.com forward slash Ford Frenzy. And I'm sorry, I misspoke. The uh, the Raptor Ranger uh, what the Model T will be going up against. I still think that the uh, the Model T will Ooh, and the 66 Galaxy 500 is against the 1940 Lincoln Continental. That's a classic matchup. That's fun, yeah, Gary. Yeah. I got it. We got to go take part. It's going to be cool to see who wins the overall. But my 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 money would be on the Model T. Um, how about you, Jerry? I don't know. I because I, I think I think you hit on something. It's really when people start voting. It's really going to be memories. I mean, I think that's one of the things that's going to bring out. As you know, what you look at it and you thought, you know what, that was my grandfather's car. Is the '65 Mustang in in one of those brackets? The '65. So the four number one seeds are the Model T, the '65 Mustang. The 75 F-150, so the very first F-150, and the 2017 Ford GT. Uh, so you've got a, a modern super the car that started it all in the 65 Mustang versus the truck crowd. And I totally agree with what you talk about. Cars are memories, which is the reason why you're, you're talking about them on a Saturday morning. It, it evokes emotions that, that you can't find other places or other ways. So... And we did this with the spirit of fun, not the spirit of betting. And and I just hope that people will go and and pick out the cars that, that appeal to them and and keep tracking it over the next couple of weeks. Oh, it's so fun, Ted. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to have to check it out. Ford Frenzy is a way to Google it or uh, FordAutoShow.com, right? And then just go yeah, to Ford, the FordAutoShow.com. Awesome. Well, we're going to be back with a, a lot more on how does God repent? We've got CLI Prison Reliance. Alliance, and then General Motors. So we're getting everybody a chance today. We're looking forward to it. Stay tuned. This is the Truth Network.
So how does God repent? Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, along with Ford and General Motors and CLI Proofs, we got a whole lot of stuff for you, as well as Christian Car Guy Theater. Which, by the way, I want to mention that we now we've formally released Truth Network Kids, okay? It's a podcast which has all of the episodes of Christian Car Guy Theater, clear back to Lazy Sammy, start of the very first one, as well as uh, its story time Meemaw and all her stories. And you can find those podcasts now. It, wherever you get podcasts, it's under you know Truth Network Kids, but both those Christian Car Guy Theater, all those episodes are all in order now where you can just go to Christian Car Guy Theater on your podcast, whatever it is, and you can listen to all those from episode one clear through today's, which I think is 44, and some of those are marathons at all sorts of episodes put together. So getting it's back- It's like a whole uh, weekend right there. You can just take the weekend and just kick back and- well, the idea is that, you know, the next generation is the kids. And so yeah. we got to get, you know, this, you know, God's given us his word and, and, and we can share it in really fun and creative ways, as you'll find in both those podcasts of it's Storytime Meemaw and Christian Car Guy Theater. So, again, getting back to, I know that question you have. So you might remember in Genesis 6 that it says, you know, right before God named Noah Noah or, he, you know, his father named him Noah because he would comfort his people. It said God was, you know, grieved and, and he repented of making man. And so how exactly did that work? How did he repent? And then again, in Exodus 32, you'll find when Moses is arguing with God over the, the calf inch issue and he says, step aside, I'm fixed to wipe everybody out. And again, it says God repented. And what exactly does that mean? Well, it was something I really, really, really had p- bothered me for years, and I just was trying to understand it. I knew that it, that he did it because it said so, but how did it work, essentially, that this would happen? And so when you really study the Hebrew language further and further, you get to the point where you realize that these words have like building blocks in them, and they make up a concept. And so when you, when you look at the word repent, any place you, you find it in the Bible, you will find it is absolutely synonymous, the word is, with comfort. And the reason that that is, is the reason that this show is brought to you by the letter nun today, okay? The letter nun in Hebrew is also synonymous with faith, and it's, it's like a seed of faith, but it's faith. It's like what you believe. What's in your heart? What are the seeds? What do you believe? Okay. The second letter is a het, which also like synonymous with living or life. It, it really is really a deep word. If you go to my podcast, Bible Wonders, it goes into great detail of what a head is. But just go with me. Use the word living. Okay. And then the last letter in a three-letter word of repent or comfort, you'll find is a mem, and that mem is exactly equal to Jesus, or water, because Jesus is the living water, or the word, or the Torah, however you want to put it. All three things completely synonymous. So put the three together, what do you got? Faith in the living water. Okay, It's just the way that the word's built, and that the reason, one of the beautiful places you'll see it translated this, this word in Hebrew is nakam, and you'll see it translated as comfort in the 23rd Psalm. You're all familiar. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because his rod and staff, they repent me. 
Okay, they comfort me. How does that work? Well, if I have faith in the living water, then no doubt, here we go. It's going to work out. So now God is, take, let's go back to Genesis when he's upset that he made man, grieved him in his heart, all the shenanigans that were going on. But then he thought, wait a minute, Jesus, the living water, is gonna, he had faith in his son. He's going to fix this. All of a sudden, he just comforted himself with the fact that he knows the plan. He knows what the story is. He knows the end of the story is Jesus fixes this. Okay, same thing with Moses. All of a sudden, God went, wait a minute, Jesus is going to fix this. <laughs> I, got, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I got this. It, it's, it's the way that we get comforted. Now, we're so blessed to have with us today Heath Playcheck with CLI Bible Alliance, and it fits so quickly and well with what I'm talking about because these people in prison, right, they need comfort, but they also need repentance. Well, it comes in the same package, which is called the Bible. And so you guys have a big campaign right now to get Bibles in prisoners' hands, right, Heath? That's right. Through April 4th, we are hoping to raise $50,000 to purchase CLI customized life recovery Bibles and those are going to be distributed to inmates all across the country. So, Heath, I mean, this is one of the neatest ministries, and personally one of those that I support, um, because I've just, I, I can't tell you what a fertile place for people that need comfort that we can put God's Word in their hand, and it completely provides this concept of repentance right there in the, in the same package. So, Heath, have you got a story for us of one of those inmates that you're familiar with, that this literally changed their life, which would change generations? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, and, and there's definitely uh, an inmate testimonial that comes to mind uh, from uh, late last fall, and it was a, an inmate who had been in and out of prison much of his adult life uh, for drug-related offenses, and uh, he was in his holding cell um, preparing to commit suicide and, and was uh, literally in the act when a prison guard came by and um, shared Christ with him and interrupted uh, him trying to trying to take his own life. And in that moment, uh, he wrote in a letter and described this process to us. He got uh, he felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to look under his cot, and he found a donated Bible uh, cracked open to Romans eight twenty eight, and we all know that verse. Uh, it says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And he got down on his hands and knees and wept profusely and, in essence, prayed the sinner's prayer, you know, confessed um, his sin to God, recognized that his sin deserves God's punishment, um, but gratefully rejoiced that Christ had uh, paid that price on the cross for him, and, and he declared that he was placing his faith in Christ, and uh, he believes he was saved in that moment, and he wrote in uh, this really powerful letter uh, sharing that with us, and at the end, uh, in the postscript, he said it was a Bible that had been donated by CLI that um, was the Bible he found under his cot. So I just love that story because it's, it's authentic, it's genuine, it's, it's God meeting uh, that inmate in his darkest hour of contrition, it's the provision of that Bible, meeting the faith of the prison guard, and then, of course, the Holy Spirit doing the work of regeneration in that inmate's heart. So all glory to God, but that is just one of those stories that uh, we just really love uh, as we're 
uh, in the middle of this Bible campaign. It's a great reminder that the power of the gospel resides in God's Word. Yeah, it's so really, really awesome. And let me just say that it's CLI, which is, you know, C-L-I dot world. It's how easy it is to go, you know, give Bibles. And, you know, the scripture is so clear on this, Jerry, that while maybe it's it's tough to visit prisoners unless you're on their list, but God says, how can you visit? Well, you can visit by, you know, supporting this CLI thing, you know, right now. At CLI.world, Bibles for, for Prisoners, and there's a match going on, right, Heath? That's right. We have a very generous, anonymous donor who is offering to match dollar for dollar everything we raise, up to $50,000. And I'm excited to share that we are right around $37,000 with a couple weeks to go. Uh, so we're hopeful and optimistic that God's going to uh, draw up uh, people that have a generous heart to see God's Word advance in the prisons to meet that goal. Yeah. You know, when, I'm, when you're speaking, and especially talking prison ministry, so many times we all look, you know, where the mission field is. We're thinking about, you know, in, in foreign countries and, and different areas, but very seldom we always remember that, you know, our prisons and our jails are certainly a mission field. And we have to, I know I have to remind myself so many times that, you know what, none of us are out of, the reach of God's grace, and what role do I have in that? Yeah, it's it, it really is so fertile because here's somebody that realizes I'm not headed in the right direction, and they're looking for answers. And then, like we just heard in the story, that there is a Bible. that's in, And I've heard some amazing, amazing stories out of CLI, um, which Christian Library International is what CLI originally stood for. But right now, it's just so easy. CLI.world. CLI.world. Bibles for Prisoners. You click on that. It's so easy. You know, someday you'd be hearing a story and it's like, oh, man, you know, we'll never know this side of heaven. How God blessed, you know, where we were obedient to him. CLI.world. We've got General Motors coming back. So we got a lot more. Stay tuned. This is the Truth Network. Does God repent today? Which, <laughs> as we talked about earlier in the show, he does it because it's synonymous with comfort, right? And so when you when you think of the word comfort, you don't necessarily, I don't know if you've ever put the connection together, but go do your own Bible search. Look in your concordance and see where the word repent is, and you're going to find that it's completely synonymous in the Old Testament because the word is this idea of having faith in Jesus. I mean, in, in, in what, that he's going to handle, you know, this situation, whatever it may be, but it does require turning to him. And sometimes that requires turning to him with your money. And so very interestingly, Amy Cabo has the cure coming on at one o'clock on the Truth Network. She's going to be talking about money issues today. That show's live at one o'clock. You can call in and share with her. But but also in the Jesus Labor Love, which is the car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis we have here with the Christian Car Guys show, 
a lot of those people turn, they, they turn to Jesus is, is to get comfort. And as they do, right, your donations of cars, which we've been, since the show you did, Jerry, a few weeks ago on people donating cars, oh my gosh, I got a yard full. I was like, <laughs> Robbie's used cars out of here, all the cars that we're trying to work through to get them repaired. And I, I do need to mention for somebody, if you know somebody that lives in a county that doesn't require emissions inspection, if we got an older Pontiac that wouldn't have to, if somebody lived like in Rockingham County, North Carolina, or certain parts, parts of Washington or South Carolina, they wouldn't have to have an emission, emission sticker, and this car would do fine, except the check engine light, it's just a long story. It has to do with it needs a new instrument panel in order to get the check engine light off, but it's not putting out emissions. But if somebody lives, we have a car that, for somebody that's a great car, and all you got to do is just contact us here at the Christian Car Guy Show. So one of the ways that we are comforted, ye, I know me personally, I'm comforted with car insurance. Like, you got to have the stuff. But, man, is it expensive. Isn't it expensive? And I got to tell you that the people at General Motors have been working on this. And they want to comfort you with lower rates because OnStar has data that they're using. And we have Katie DeGraff, who's here with us with OnStar. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us what you guys have come up with. Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so what we're working on is uh, uh, OnStar Insurance. And you're right, General Motors is a pretty unique uh, position when it comes to auto insurance. Uh, GM, we've actually, we have a mission to eliminate all crashes on the road. And we've done that historically through building safety capabilities in the vehicle, things like the backup camera, the automatic emergency braking, the lane keeping, right? This technology that's within the car to help keep you safe during your travel. We've also shown our commitment to safety through OnStar Advisors. That's that little blue button that's been in Chevy's, Buick's, Cadillac's, and GMC's for over two decades. And even still today, that um, OnStar advisor, those services, they respond to over 6,000 crashes per month to help people at the time of a crash. And so now what we're doing today with OnStar Insurance, you know, what better way to show you that we care about you and your safety than to also insure your vehicle. So you're right. We understand the components of, of auto insurance are it's mandatory and it's confusing, right? It can be expensive. So we want to reward you for safer driving habits. And even today through OnStar Insurance, you can get a discount of up to 20% just for being demonstrating safe driving behaviors. Well, Jerry, this is right in your, your area. When, you know, I got to tell you, Katie. <laughs> I don't know. I like all of <laughs> Jerry is our Christian body shop guy. So when you said we're trying to eliminate all crashes... <laughs> His eyes got yes. the <laughs> We want we want to we want to concentrate on the safety part. <laughs> Safely be against it. But I, I know he, he, if there's anybody I know as hard as he would he would be right with you. That would be wonderful to eliminate eliminate crashes. But what a beautiful thing that insurance in so many ways incentivized by people driving safely, right? The more we drive safe, the more stuff that there is out there like what you guys are talking about. And, and you're incentivizing people to not text and drive, right? Because OnStar knows what you've been doing. <laughs> they know when you've been sleeping. <laughs> they know when you're awake. Or speeding. <laughs> right? Because you guys have inside information, don't you? 
Yeah, exactly. We use this technology to understand vehicle performance, right? And to understand safety. And right now we wrap around it, this experience with insurance. And, you know, I personally, I've spent over a decade kind of obsessed with this problem of understanding driving safety on the road. And my own daughter, when she was learning to drive, we used every sort of technology available to us. You know, in the early days of learning about this, we didn't necessarily have this OnStar data available to us. So we used, you know, different aftermarket hardware. We used smartphone apps. We used all this technology. And what I learned in that experience is that just by starting that conversation with her and having an objective source of information about her driving safety, that it really just, it changes the conversation conversation about driving behavior, right? She was more aware of it. She was more aware of safety. And even today when she's away and she's uh, gone away to school, she's in Colorado, and she's still, she's very aware, like you said, that the risk of distracted driving, she talks about it. She doesn't use her phone while driving. She mentions things to her friends. So again, it's just, we, we, you can just sort of normalize the safety from a really, um, you know, young, uh, influential age to to ensure that we can, you know, eliminate well, crashes. Uh, uh, you hit me right in my heart, Katie, because... You know, I have a T. I'm not a, she's 22 now. I call her teenager, but she's in college. And, you know, every time she drives to Alabama, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I wish I had <laughs> OnStar guiding her, actually. Wait a minute. She does have a Chevy. I forgot. Yeah. She she does have OnStar. Oh, wow. How cool. Um, yeah. So I, she has some protection. But what's interesting is that we can give this objective feedback back to them about safety, right? A lot of times, uh, you know, if you're teaching young drivers or may perhaps maybe even a spouse or friend, you may have some reaction about driving behavior. But normally it's really subjective, right? Like, I feel that you're risky. I feel this isn't safe. But this gives us actually some, some real objective, you know, here are some risky behaviors that we know cause cause crashes and that you, you can eliminate yeah and you can't really you know argue with the uh, uh, factual <laughs> information and stuff because everybody right. nobody really realizes they spilled or nobody really realizes they uh power break when they shouldn't be and just those little things that we all do let me ask one question though when we're talking about this and i'm going to my body shop mind here so you're talking about yeah. y'all will have i mean the own star is an insurance so you'll be the carrier and then you're using that data and if you're using that that brings the rate down. Is that, am I, am I right? You got it. And then to even extend it to, to repairs is we, we can identify how to get a repair faster, right? Yeah. I hate to, to jump in here cause we're out of time, Katie. We've got to have you back. I mean, it's really, really good stuff. I'm so grateful that you made time on a Saturday to come be with us, as I, as was Ford and their frenzy and, and CLI Prison Alliance. We had a great show today. Thank you all so much, Jerry. Um, again, OnStar is, is part of General Motors, and I'm sure if you just go to OnStar.com, right? Where would people find out about the insurance, Katie? OnStarInsurance.com. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, OnStarInsurance.com. Now, remember, if you want comfort, right? There's a repentance involved. Just turn back to Jesus. Rick, just put just put your faith in Jesus, the living water, and it all comes together. you got to slow down, though. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Got it all done in 33 years. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Truth Network. TruthNetwork.com.